Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't even figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, a disloyal person. This This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Saturday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. At Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there. Join the militia. We are back. We're going to talk about um, LaQuint Allen's return to the Syracuse football program and the school. And also... Um, some, some NIL donation news, I guess, to mention quickly, and then we'll just kind of wing Bayheim's Army stuff, as the basketball tournament has already started, but we haven't played yet, we will, we will play on Monday night, and uh, many of you will be there, I assume, right, it's at the War Memorial, so we'll yeah. see how it goes, we'll, we'll look at Team Gibson the best we can. And go from there. But first, let's talk about, and I tweeted this out not too long ago, uh, from inside the Loud House, that uh, the NIL landscape for Syracuse up 54% as far as donations in monetary and like almost doubled in donors, uh, $45 million so far this fiscal year which is a 54% increase, like I said. And I think there were some 11,396 donors. So that, I mean, look, and then Wild Hack is like, oh, well, thank you, everybody. You know, this is the guy that wasn't go- that was not going to play the game. And late to the party as always, SU, but uh, at the party nonetheless, now with NIL, started a little bit behind trying to play the uh, Shining Knight or Mr. Morality, I don't know which, but, you know, these um, these NIL donations from these bigger schools obviously going to leave leave people in the dust, but $45 million, Joe, that's got to make you feel good. It's got to be some good positive news on the NIL end for Syracuse. I feel pretty good about it. it there's no, it, it mentions in this article by Noons that there's no disclosing, uh, you know, where where it's going to be. Um, you know, who's getting paid for what and this and that, yeah, allocated. But there is obviously uh, enough money to go around. And that's good. It's extremely good. And um, 
once Syracuse gets out of their own way, then you see what happens. Now, this is supposedly nonprofit, but not tax exempt. And I couldn't really decipher whether that meant, obviously, if, if, a, if, if an athlete's getting paid, they're going to have to pay taxes on it. But if you have to pay taxes on the donate, if it gets taxed twice, that's kind of, well, that's your government for you. But that is, <laughs> I mean, you're talking huge, significant loss on the, on the bankroll to, to allocate to the athletes if it's getting taxed twice. Now, obviously, the students aren't nonprofit, but the, the entity that's collecting the money is. And so uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, $45 nonetheless. And, you know, I'm pretty happy about it. And it's got to give you a little bit of encouragement going forward in, in this landscape that we're dealing with with uh, in regards to NCAA sports these days. So Yeah, I mean, look, we've seen, you know, I mean, from the beginning, Wild Hack has talked about, you know, being apprehensive about this, right? And not really, and we spoke about it. And there's a lot of people and fans um, of Syracuse that have, have said that we got to, we got to, we can't be left behind, right? Or yeah. else we're going to be left behind in the field and everything like that, too. So um, it is definitely encouraging. Oh, the only problem is that you don't really know how much other colleges are getting. you know. It's, but it's encouraging to see you're talking about over 11,000 11, donors and $45 million, which is a 54% increase into, from last year. So obviously something has changed, and uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, just, just sometimes some things happen, right? Like, I don't know, maybe the stuff in California, right, where you're allowed to loot a certain amount of stuff from a store, and um, you know you're not going to get in trouble, right? But when it happened, it's amazing you those, how you tied that in. But go ahead. You, you had those people. When it happened, you had those people that were like, "Oh, well, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going right, right for it." You know. And then there was probably the apprehensive people that were like, "Well, they say that, but and then once they see, if, no one's see going to jail. Trouble, right? Yeah, yeah. But then when they see, actually, you have all these teams that are actually getting all these players, and they've gone from the seller to in the NCAA tournament like Pittsburgh and you've seen some of these teams that have used the NIL to basically in one year free agency get better and get competitive um, then you know you get a little bit more confidence in the fact that you can get away with it too so I think um, you know our NCAA sanctions were, are still super super close I mean we still got I mean a little bit of sores from that wound I think so um, I can understand why Wild Hack was a little apprehensive um, but once they saw that it was people were getting away with it and it really was going down the way that it, you know people were saying that it was going down that i think uh you know that on top of the fans seeing all these other teams that are actually putting in an io money um and now they got to put their money where their mouth is so i think it's a combination of both of those things this is uh you know seeing other teams get get away with it and not get in trouble and then as far as the fans go um seeing that they're going to have to donate if we want to be competitive. Otherwise, we're going to be left left behind. So uh, definitely encouraging with a 54% um, increase. Yeah, and um, it's definitely, it definitely makes me feel a little bit better about going forward. And, you know, yeah, and being competitive, I, I, right? I, I, and being competitive, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm a cynic by nature. I've just always been that way. And so I try to be positive, but... It didn't start great, and then you had the Adam Weitzman 
thing, which whatever. I mean, it's one guy. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's poorly handled, but it's it's one guy. And you know, when you pool money together, regardless of who's putting in and how much, it's about how many people you get to do it. And one guy can make a difference, but it's not the end of the world. Um, it just well, it just right. it just didn't look good. Uh, at the time, and, and as always, Syracuse just freaking handled it poorly. Well, they did, and uh, there's way that you can there's ways that you can make relationships with people and try to figure people out, gain trust, and everything. And maybe that's just really what it was, you know. Uh, maybe you know Syracuse and the you know university was afraid that you know okay we got this guy and yeah he's doing these things, but if he ends up doing something nefarious that we don't know about and he gets in trouble, then did they fall with him, right? And well, they're just you know, trying not, to not saying, separate not themselves that he from does, it. Yeah. Right? Not saying that he does. I mean, he could be doing everything clean, but with the new look NIL and being a little bit um, nervous about, you know, getting in trouble again because it was, like I said, our sanctions were so, so like not that long ago, right? So, um, so this like not that long ago. Yeah, you know, sorry, but it seems to me like they're trying, they're getting, they're trying to get into it, but they're trying to be as clean as possible. Right. So just in case something happens well, or the a, NCAA comes down or anything like that and they have all their ducks in a row and they won't get any more sanctions. Transparency is a thing. Right. right. So, you know, if you're just transparent about it and you're not doing anything nefarious, I mean, I, which I don't think they would do in regards right. to former issues, previous, and I mean, previous who, issues. And who knows? Because of the, what this is what it's the Cuse Athletics Fund, so they kind of control that money, right? Because That's we also talked about, we also talked about, you know, um, with Adam Weitzman when when we were talking about all these recruits and everything. Like, how do we know? You know, as the coaches talking to Adam Weitzman about, oh, these recruits and offer this. I mean, uh, I think that this sets it up as you know, and hopefully they've had conversations and got him back in the mix. But this sets it up to where he can still donate. You know, it's yeah, not well, you could donate his, to it's that not fund. Be his all, it's not going to be yeah. his name, his business, his this and that. But well, this is still a way where he can still put in money and help you know the university. It, it look, it would not surprise me if he donated to this and we never knew about it. But I mean, he's pretty wide open with what he does, which yeah, which kind of. Say what you want, garners attention for oneself, right? So, would not surprise me though that you know he's donating to this, and we will never know how much or when or whatever. Right. Um, but with that said, um, forty-five million is a lot of money. I, I don't know where we where we sit compared to other schools, but I'll take it for now. And you know, down the road, maybe there's some kind of salary cap issue or something like that but again that comes with its own problems and that's a whole nother story i feel like um you know it it, it levels the playing field to the point where i think there needs to be a cap but it levels the playing field to the point where okay well everybody's just maxing out people's salaries and people are just going to still get the same recruits they were going to get to begin with and kids are going to less look at the money because they're going to get the same amount of money everywhere, but then be more focused on, you know, what kind of caliber of school they're going to be going to. So to be able to offer more money 
and maybe it's tiered. I don't know. But um, to be able to offer more money to a guy who's um, going to work out good for us, but maybe a Duke or a UNC doesn't want to pay out that much, to be, to be able to overpay and outbid someone um, is definitely it's definitely going to be helpful for schools like Syracuse. I'll just say that. But I mean, how high do you go? You know what I'm saying? So, right. Anyway, um, right. Right. Exactly. We still don't. Know. I mean, when's, when's, when's enough enough is really what it comes down to. Exactly. Right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you're going to pay a guy $3 million for one year. I mean, you know, that seems ridiculous. Right. And the thing is, is there's probably going to be adults that are, corrupt they're trying to make money off these kids oh, at the college level that will push and push and they'll use these kids parents to I mean, make let's them be honest. think that yeah to make them think that they deserve more right that's just yeah hold out hold out hey you know you're worth x amount of dollars don't take this whatever you know who know who the freak knows you know i get i'm getting five percent so i'm gonna make sure that uh you know you get as much as possible <laughs> right so um, I just hope, I just hope you don't ruin kids' careers. You know, I hope just uh, adults and parents don't ruin kids' careers by pushing them to care. About, I mean, like I said, care more about the money. I mean, think about it, right? Like, like they always talk about it. Gets once money gets involved, then the purity of the sport kind of goes away, right? I mean, that's why we love college football and college basketball so much compared to professional. Because, I mean, let's let's face it. There's there's professionals that sometimes they. They don't, I mean, once you get the money, where's the incentive, right? And now it's a business, and it's not—it's it's more about well, the money and the business aspect than it than actually the game and the purity of the sport and playing as a team and trying to win. And you, you turn it into I've the NBA. Always, that's exactly. That's why I've always loved college over anything because exactly. these kids are playing to become professionals to be able to get to the to pinnacle to the and next, make that yeah. money, right? But right. also, some of these kids are playing because they know it's the last time they're going to suit up. You know. Syracuse is going to have players this year. That's the last time they're going to play professional football. I mean, I think the line, honest. the line where the money cap should be in an ideal world, world, and I could be wrong, but more than the G League, more than overseas, and mm. less than There's the some NBA. Overseas, I, yeah. I, I know, I know, but you are less likely to lose someone to overseas if they're making decent money and they have a couple of years of eligibility left to where they can work on their game or test the waters and make that jump from the NCAA to the NBA instead of having to settle. If the money's there and it's relative and, you know, it's comparable, then I think that bodes well for college athletics. At this point, those are the things I'm holding on to. And I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's some big money to be made overseas, but I don't know. Who the hell's watching it? We're not. I mean, obviously, but <laughs> I don't. <laughs> right. I know it's big over there. I do. I know it it's is. big, but, but, you know, if you're, if you're a kid that grew up in this country or even other countries, your eyes are set on the NBA. And it gives you an opportunity to not have to settle leaving college early where you can work on your game. And I think um, that that is a benefit. So we'll see. But you don't lose kids to the G League that easy anymore. Definitely. So you could land in the G League when you're done, but losing them early to the G League is a different story. Well, yeah, and that's that happens a lot too, right? And, and there's a lot of players that, I mean, there's two different aspects of it. You know, some players, they're like, well, I'm just going to go and 
if I'm going to make the NBA, I'm going to make the NBA, but I only have so many years that I can play this game and make money. So if I'm not going to make the NBA, then, I mean, at least I can start my pro career overseas two years early, right? And then there's other players that are chasing the money because their family needs it, you know? Um, and I just feel like there should definitely be a point to where you get taken care of to where you don't have to feel like you're forced, like you said, to go professional and leave school and possibly not get your degree just because of, you know, socioeconomical uh, situations. Right. Right. Uh, Okay. So look, the big news of the past couple weeks or really since we have been here, we did a Twitter spaces in regards to LaQuint Allen. Well, uh, the, the court appearance is never came because SU and uh, Allen came to an agreement. So he's going to be enrolled in the fall semester. He's going to get to return to the football team, I think, on August 15th. And, you know, it, there's, not, it, there's not a lot of information or what exactly any conversations were, the, the actual agreement other than what I just told you. Um, he's going to get enrolled. He's going to get to play. Obviously, the inevitable starting um, tailback for for Syracuse Orange and their uh, Sarah Scales, who is the uh, pre- vice president for Syracuse Communications, said that we've reached a resolution with LaQuint. While respecting his privacy throughout this process, she went on as a part of the agreement. LaQuint will resume his studies in the fall semester and return to football mid-August. Per federal policy laws, Syracuse University will not comment further on this or other student conduct cases. Also, his his um, his lawyer uh, did have a statement that just basically said that they've you know they're happy to reach a resolution in LaQuint's. Um, you know, very appreciative of the of this the co athletes in in football program for sticking behind him through through the issues that he had so um, or that he had to deal with. But anyway, you know the the Syracuse Tribunal. I don't know how they go about this in the future, but you know it seems to me that you would let um, you know some of these things play out in the legal system and the way it had. And again, Syracuse late to the party should have done this. Don't know what, what took so long. And, and I'm sure there's, there's a lot of reasons why that I don't know about. And maybe I'm unfairly, you know, unfairly being cynical as hell, like always, but I feel like that this could have been done a lot quicker. And I understand that why it couldn't be, but you know, again, uh, totally, totally uncalled for to even have it reach this level and good for LaQuint Allen for saying, you know what? I'm going to file a freaking lawsuit in the New York state Supreme court. And we're going to, I'm going to write this wrong myself, me and my lawyer. If I, if we've got to do it that way, that's how we're going to do it. And good on him for just not throwing his hands up and, and going into the transfer portal or you know anything like or that taking the taking the punt penalty right <clears throat> or just taking, taking the unfair penalty yeah or just taking the penalty and sitting on the sidelines and i guess to that end you know it's some it's a that's that shows his character man he's willing to fight he wants to be here and i think that there's nothing more dangerous sometimes than uh, an athlete hitting the turf or hitting the court or whatever the, the case may be with a chip on their shoulder, feeling like they might have something to prove in, in regards to, you know what, Syracuse did not make a mistake with, with 
reinstating me and, and all of my my teammates did not make mistakes and having my back and go out there and just kill it. And he's obviously talented enough to do so. What do you have, 95, 94 yards rushing in the bowl game, and he can catch and run, and, I mean, seems like he's got it all. We haven't seen a ton of him, but, you know, he's a, he's a shifty dude, and he's got a lot of talent, and I'm, I'm, um, I'm just glad that at the end of the day they righted the wrong, and we're going to get to see him play, and I can't wait to see what he's going to do. Yeah, dude, I, um, <clears throat> same, I'm right there with you. I mean, I know that we did pick up um, – uh, the a junior college uh, running back, very very close to when they um, when they announced that he was going to be able to come back. So you know, on top of Juwan Price coming back with him and with um, Parkman and Daniels coming in as his freshman, we do have two junior college uh, running backs <clears throat> as well. But um, but yeah, no, he. Uh, I look at it even further as far as like what you were saying, like. It's almost like he got a second chance at life, almost. You know, and I don't want to sound dramatic. And you know, oh, he was, could, you know, yeah, I could have ruined him. He might not have been able to get to the transfer portal. He was going to be tainted. You know, you well, go right. And so that right there to me is, is, you know, you go from a situation where that fight happens, <clears throat> you're told you can't play, you don't think you're going to be able to play. You know, your father gets killed. You're dealing with all this, and you know, for him to be able to. Um, turn around and uh, and fight for this, like you said. I mean, how many times does the organ? Does this, and that's what kills me more than anything is you let this goofball kangaroo court figure some stuff out, and then you just think that the the, the students just gonna take it, right? Yeah, like, like it's not even a it's, a, it's not even a real thing. A Why would you not involve your lawyers? Why would you not involve somebody who can sit there before you make this dumb decision and say, wait a minute, like we might want to look at this, this, and then this. Instead, they get this they get this jury of peers that make this decision in hopes that, you know, oh, it's a private school. You just got to do as we're told. We make the rules and just deal with it, right? Like too many people just fold on that stuff, right? Too many people would have just went home or went to the transfer portal or just ate it and done something, not done anything about it. But for him to sue them, then you knew, well, now Syracuse got to get lawyers involved. And it's funny how all of a sudden you want to make all your private stuff public in the court of law by having a lawyer come in and just use example after example of how other players have done worse and gotten less. And then you get exposed. I mean, you don't want to deal with that. And I think at the end of the day, that's what it was. Um, Syracuse was exposed. That's a good point. When Syracuse was exposed regardless. It's just they they really lessen the degree of exposure to not bringing this into court because there's no doubt that skeletons were going to be ripped out of the closet. Absolutely. So absolutely. And they would have been forced to. Yeah. And it would have been for everybody to see. It'd be Syracuse in a fishbowl, which was going to be the only good thing to come out of going to court. Yeah, pretty much because at the end of the day, you're happy for LaQuint, but there is some still corrupt. There's corruption there that didn't get fixed. You know, there's there's things there that didn't get exposed just because they decided to not go to court. And I just hope that that they don't mess with them. You know what I mean? Like I hope that there's no professors or no people that on the sideline make life hard or more hard than it has to be. Um, because you know how you know those type of people uh, 
they run in packs and stuff like that, right? Oh, well, it's All a click. All of a sudden, he's academically ineligible for the bowl game. You know what I mean? Like that type of crap. Yeah, well, it's definitely a click. Obviously, the tribunal was a click. I don't know how, how far it stems or anything like that. And I, I mean, and I'm speculating, honestly, but those things tend Dude. to be those things tend to be group thought, right? So like-minded people <coughs> doing like-minded things and... I don't know if LeQuint had representation during that kangaroo court process. If he no, had, he did, but he, they weren't allowed to ask any questions. They weren't allowed to do a lot of things, right? right? So he had professional representation, though. He had a lawyer able to represent him to the school. Or From what I read, he did, but they really didn't have any... But they didn't let him do anything because it's not right. their territory, basically. This is SU's territory, and, and right. this is how we're going to do it. You can have representation because this is America, but we're going to set the rules, and those rules are you can't do shit. Oh, and by the way, why didn't you go and make this other guy come over, come to court? Right, no, that was LeQuint's... this guy show up, Yeah, right? that was up that to LeQuint to do that. Yeah, he was supposed to contact the guy he got in a fight with and, and, and get him to come to court, which is the most absurd, yeah. like, stupid thing, I think. I mean, if think about that in real life. It's ridiculous. It right? is you real life, and it, it. it's still... Re- no, I'm saying, like, out in society. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You get, in a fight, you get in a fight with somebody, you bust his teeth out, and he gets stitches, and he sues you, and then you have to make sure that he shows up to court? Huh? Yeah. That doesn't even make any damn sense. It so, doesn't make any sense. And again, too, maybe Hard. not going to court is also hiding this other person. That's maybe this d- person is of high stature or somebody who's got a name. In well, he's he's got some tenure. That's for sure. What is he? Well, 23. <laughs> the graduate student, I hope. Jeez. You know, and obviously trouble. Maybe he's been in trouble. But, dude, maybe they're hiding his record. Maybe he's got a freaking record. And if they bring him in there, it's going to look totally ridiculous that this guy didn't get into any trouble at all. Meanwhile, LaQuinn Allen's losing everything he's worked for, and he's only 18 years old. So it could very well be this guy obviously is a punk. And I mean, I'm just saying you don't go around starting fights like that unless, you know, it's your first time drinking or you're just that's yeah. what you do. And LaQuinn's handling it great. You know what I mean? He's just he's just. um he He's just been, wants to play, dude. He just wants to play. He could have thrown the school under the bus. He yep. could be, you know, I mean, he's out there. I just saw a tweet the other day where he's got um, his uh, football and cheerleading camp, second annual, which means he did one last year at his, in his homeville, uh, or sorry, in his hometown in Millville, uh, New Jersey. Um, homeville, I like that, actually. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the bottom line is, is that he's obviously – a good kid that's trying to make a good life for himself and this was just a little hiccup where unfortunately people older than him acted you know with less logic and less maturity than the 18 year old in the room so i'm glad that he's back um like you said going back to the, the bowl game he had 15 carries for 94 yards i mean that's a that's an average of over six yards um, a carry, mm-hmm. and he had 11 catches for 60 yards too. Yeah. So we added some different runners. You know, some some guys are going to be able to. Because I don't think I don't look at Laquint as a big like goal line go in there Power and get the one runner. yard type, right? But um, he's definitely going to be a big big thing in the in the passing game and in the running game um, for sure. And, and if uh, if he has the work ethic of Chris Elmore, like Coach Babers said or stated before. I mean, that's a leader on the team, too. So 
Oh, it did. Screw, screw the work ethic, man. That dude was Gatorade Player of the Year in New yeah, Jersey, right. and he, he he's been busting his ass throughout this whole process. You know what I mean? So, um, at the end of the day, he's been put in a position that you know a lot of adults would would uh, you know coil up and and, and give up and, and just blame the world and play victim. And all he's done is fight back and try to do the right things. And I think that that's really really gonna gonna be. A positive thing for his mindset and i think going into the season i'm just that's that's just a guy that uh you know i know they're bringing garrett schrader marlo wax and aronde gatson to um the acc media day but he's definitely going to be a guy to watch out for and honestly i think he brings something to the table that sean tucker um, wasn't really great at as far as being able to catch the ball out of the backfield so that's going to be a def- definite extra weapon for schrader when he's you know, under, under duress and he's trying to run around and stuff like that. <clears throat> so um, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm happy for the guy. And again, like I said, skeletons stay buried and there's obviously going to be there's obviously out. stuff there. Right. But <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. You know, I think all schools have their problems, but I'm extremely. I've said it before. I just. They. I bleed orange. I love Syracuse. Grew up in Syracuse. Raised in Syracuse. Love it. Uh, hate the weather. Love the place. Love the love the hill. Love the atmosphere. Love that place. Um, I was fortunate enough to get to party up there a lot. I had a couple buddies I went to SU, and that was those are times I'll never forget. I love that place. The school, though, man, you can take that shit. The place sucks. <laughs> I love everything yeah. else about it. And like Joe said last episode, like it makes it hard sometimes. Oh, it's only made it and harder the past couple of years too. And it's and so embarrassing. Like it is. Golly, man. Like, I mean, come on. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, I got people at work that, you know, they see this and they're like, you know, is it because he's black? Is it because he's dead? Like they automatically go to that. That's what it looks like from an outsider looking in. Right. Like, what did he do? What did he do? And when he explained it to him, it's like, then why is he, why does he have to go home for a year? Which is why is he suspended, right? Like people do this all the damn time and it looks really, really bad. The the optics look bad and you know, good on LaQuint for standing up, suing, doing what he needed to do. And I hope he has, I think he's going to have an amazing year. Um, but you know what? If he decides to transfer after this year, I'm not going to hate him. Uh, I wouldn't either. I would hate it, but, uh, I would hate it too, but, I wouldn't blame him at all. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's head over to Twitter Spaces and talk about some Bayheim's Army. All right. So, Noon's Magician came out with a little comparison of the non conference schedules to 2023 to 2024 before we get into Bayheim's Army stuff. Um, now, there's going to be three more games, Joe, for the Maui Invitational. And who's in that? Real quick. Uh, so Shamanad Shamanad is always in there because they're the team uh, from Hawaii. So, uh, but Gonzaga, Kansas, Marquette, Purdue, UCLA, and Tennessee. Okay, they're all like top fifteen teams. <laughs> yeah. Well, the 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 non conference from last year to this year, when you it looks. I think it, it looks could, harder. To me. It looks harder, but it's really close, though. I mean, because you got LSU in here, but or you got Oregon, really. And you got yeah, Oregon's the other one that we play in a neutral. Um, 
neutral location in South Dakota. And then all, I mean, obviously you got the Colgate, game we got three, Colgate looming there. So, I mean, we yeah. could, I mean, that's to not lose to Colgate three years in a row. Uh, so that's the first one I'm circling. I don't, yeah, right. And exactly. <laughs> and then I don't know if, I don't know if Ewing, um, gone is good or better or worse. So, uh, Georgetown though, not looking exactly Georgetown-esque. Let's just say but we've struggled with them so, in the past. I know it's like a matchup thing, so. and and it's been a it's been a struggle. I I think um, I do like the I do like the series. I really do, and I don't know if they're gonna re up it. And I feel a little bad for Ewing, but man, I just he just couldn't get it together over there, and he had some decent recruits too during his time. So I don't know, kind of weird. I think the um, you know the transfer portal and all that probably got away from them i mean it got let's be honest got away from us too right so uh new new hampshire seems like one that you know we should be good canisius we should be good like you said colgate is going to be rough lsu and oregon are who they are niagara is going to be this year um cornell and georgetown are the slated ones and then we got the three other games that are going to be givens from the maui invitational so well I mean, there's a good thing about it, right? Maui Invitational, November 20th through the 22nd, right there around Thanksgiving, and we get a, one game every single day. Um, you know, I think that we are a deep team with some talent, so um, I don't know. Maybe we can give some of these teams – I mean, all these teams other than Chaminade look to me like like tournament teams. So if people were to rank it, you're talking where is seventh out of – seven out of eight, you know, only above uh, Chaminade. So – it's going to be tough because, you know, you got, what, 11 non-conference games now? So if we lose three there and then to LSU and Oregon, I mean, yeah, we might have a good strength to schedule. But starting off the season at 6-5 and five and then going into ACC and just climbing in an uphill battle. So um, tough, tough to me. It's tough. It's, it's a tough, tough non-conference schedule to me personally. Really, really tough. But – I'm excited uh, about the team, though. I mean, let's be honest. I think that um, we got a good chance of being put together pretty decently at that point in the year than we did than we were last year. Oh uh, yeah, I think that which is this, was a step this. up from the year before that. So I feel like the the trajectory's up, and I guess only time will tell. And I'm you know not one to set expectations, but that's just my gut. So. Um, we'll see, but we do have some summer basketball and everybody loves a little bit of summer basketball. Uh, okay. Bayheim's army is going to play on Monday, like we mentioned, and this started on the 18th. There's been a bunch of games played already. Um, heart fires, uh, one that we remember that team's been around for a while. I love the, uh, nasty natty. I love that. I, I love the name of that. Um, and then aftershocks, obviously, uh, they've been around for a minute, and uh, they've already played two games. So the this other region coming in a little late. Uh, in fact, everybody's played a little bit except for um, out of let's see, Syracuse, West Virginia, and Louisville. So anyway, um, Team Gibson is the. Uh, the the where we're going to lead off on and Taj Gibson who was uh, uh USC grad 
uh, played for the Bulls, played for um, Timberwolves, the Knicks. Uh, ended up um, at the at the Washington Wizards. Um, he is their namesake, and they don't really have uh, much of a a purpose like some of these teams or like an affiliation. But I don't know. There's some ne- there's some names you're gonna know, and the first one uh, I remember is Elgin Cook. And a lot, I gotta be honest, man. A lot of these guys you do not remember. Bashir Ahmed from St. John's, and they're not yeah, like a, they're not like a huge team, but they got some tall guys though. They got, they got some six six nine six, guys. Yeah, Kenny Grant and Navar Elmore. Um, Navar Elmore sounds familiar too. Livingston College though, but let's see, Livingston yeah, College. No. I, I, I don't know. So there's a couple of both of those guys from Living Livingston College, by the way. So. And then Jordan Washington from Iona. But, um, you know, this is their first year, so I don't ever think it bodes, your first year bodes that well. I, th- I feel like um, that's definitely a, a, he definitely started at a disadvantage being a, a first-time team, right? So, yeah. And with Syracuse, you know, they're, they've, we've, since we've talked, they've added Malachi Richardson. And he yep. is, he's the last addition there. And obviously, we talked about all the others. And, um, you know, you got Chuku, who's a seven-footer down there. And we'll see how he does. And Rakeem Christmas. But um, DeAndre Kane's a big one. We're going to get to see a lot of him. Matt Morgan's another big one. We get to get to see a lot of him. Um, rooting for Jimmy Beheim to do something. Chris McCullough's kind of been just okay. Andrew White's been just okay. And so it's going to be interesting, but I don't think that this team Gibson's an easy first game for a two seed, but we'll see. I mean, the, the, the thing about this tournament is, is that it's, it's the, you don't ever know until, because these teams change so much. It's so hard to gauge and you can have the names and you can have the players, but how are they going to play together? I mean, you know, if you've got a couple guys on your team that are trying to get back into the NBA or get onto a team overseas or something like that. That's their audition. You're going to have those guys going out and trying to ball out as far as making themselves look good and not so much putting in a team effort. And then now we're playing hero ball and you know, I mean, who knows? Right. So that's the big thing until you really start seeing it, Joe, you're not going to know what to expect. And even though we we've got a lot of returning players and we've got some guys that obviously we know from Playing with the orange, it's really hard to determine how they're going to do because you know I was super excited about Andrew White, Andrew White a few years ago, and he comes out and is really wasn't that impressive, right? So yeah. it's tough, man. It's it's tough. You got to really play as a team, and you want to win this thing, um, or go even or just go far into this thing. You really got to um, you got to have your stuff together early on. And like we saw last year, returning champions coming in and winning one game and then just fizzling out easily beat in the second round. It's just in your hometown too, right? It's uh, embarrassing. Yeah. Syracuse has the advantage of being able to start in Syracuse and get those home crowds. And we know what, we know what that crowd consists of. That's, that's the you and me's, Joe. That's, that's all the, our, our buddies on Twitter, our friends on Twitter out there, and all of the hardcore Syracuse fans are there and they're the crazies they are they're the dome crazies and that's that's the type of crowd you're going to get there 
And boy, you better show out because, you know, a one and done or a two and done is, uh, any, is a disappointment. Anything than getting out of the Syracuse region is a disappointment. Yeah, I mean, you can say that, and it is, but at the end of the day, like you said, um, not, I mean, it's our bracket, right? It's, it's, it's in Syracuse, but we're the two seed, right? Blue Collar U, they won it last year, right? And that's in Buffalo. And they're, so yeah, you, and they're down the road, right? And they're down the road, right? So um, to me, like I said, I'd like to see a, a, a good good run, right? But um, but is, if we make it to play against Blue Collar U, win or lose, to that point, I think that it's a success, especially considering, you know, last year and the turnover and everything like that. Um, we didn't have the same exact team last year, and then the guys that we were counting on, they, they got injured. Um, but this year there are a couple different players from – other teams that haven't played with us. So, uh, you know, you, you are a little bit nervous about that. Um, Matt Morgan had a great year overseas last year, and he actually just got done playing in the G League, uh, or in the Summer League, um, sorry. Uh, so he's fresh off of, you know, trying to get into the league and everything like that. So he's close, and, and he's trying to use this as a, as a momentum booster to, you know, possibly be able to do something like what a Kiefer Sykes did or something like that. And um, actually, maybe make an NBA roster, or maybe get a two-way contract with the G League or you know, NBA. Um, so we definitely have uh, different type of players this year. So I'm hoping, hoping that it works out. Um, Team Gibson, like you said, usually it's first year coming in. Basketball is basketball, right? But when you when you put together something like an Elam ending. You know, where you take that clock away and now it's just, oh, we just got points. Oh, now we're just yeah. playing to it. Then, you know, when you're not used to that, then, you know, that, that takes a little bit of getting used to. So um, I think that, that this team is going to struggle. Uh, again, to your point, I mean, I want to say Antoine Mason, uh, point guard, 6'3", uh, played Niagara and Auburn. Like, I feel like I've heard his name before. He looks familiar. Uh, like you said, um, Elgin Cook was a good team um, on Oregon, or a good player on Oregon. And uh, they also have uh, Devin Funches on their team, who was actually a wide receiver for Michigan that got drafted in the uh, the NFL, um, had a little bit of NFL career, and now he's trying to get in, uh, break into pro- professional basketball. So um, he's 6'4", he's on the team as well, but <clears throat> based upon looking at the winning share, Everyone really looks like their share is sixty grand, so it looks like they're splitting it pretty much. Except for mm-hmm. Elgin Cook has uh, eighty grand, so that tells me uh, if they win, <clears throat> he gets the most money. To me, he's they look they look at him like he's their best player. So um, unless we really show up and crap the bed, man, like I don't really know. Uh, I, re- I really think we got a good shot at, at getting at least past Team Gibson, getting the second game. Yeah, and the second game's going to be against the Nerd Team or Happy Valley Hoops. The Nerd Teams, they've been they've been impressive in previous years. And the other one, Happy Valley Hoopers, I've never even heard of. So, you know, I don't know if they are new. Let's see real quick. Happy Valley Hoopers. This this website too. I mean, they do have all the team breakdowns, but you've got it. There's Penn State alum they um 
you can't just click on the teams in the bracket anymore. You actually got to go into the list of teams and to to do your due diligence on uh, what yep. game might be coming up next. But um, you know, they do have it. They it is broke. It's just not as easy as it was last year. But it is. They still have all of the um, all of the information there. So the nerd team, obviously, that is the um, team that. They came out of the Syracuse region as the big winners, and um, last year, and uh, they're they're okay, they're okay. Their all-time records two and two. So uh, now is the Happy Valley Hoopers? Are they? Is this their first? Uh, I think it is the Penn State alum team. I think yeah, it, it I, is. I think it, it is. is. Yeah, I see a couple. There's a lot. Players. There's there's a lot of new teams. There's ones you're going to recognize if you're a fan of this tournament, but. Like Ram Nation, I've never heard of. Um, Red Scares, uh, one one we're used to seeing. Shell Shock, I think Show Me yeah. Squad. Sideline Cancers there all the time. Um, there's all, yeah, there's been a couple one seeds that have already lost. Um, so I'm kind of trying to keep an eye on the other side of it, but uh, but yeah, no. Looking at the nerd the nerd team in Happy Valley Hoopers. Um, I don't know who I'd rather see. Happy uh, the nerd team's a little bit shorter. Happy Valley Hoopers they got uh, seems to me probably a bigger team, a little more talent. But when it comes down to the nerd team, they do have uh, Tucker Richardson from Colgate last year, the guy that <clears throat> beat us up pretty good. Their best player, um, he's on the team along with Prentice Hub. Oh, so God. yep, I know, right? Ah. So, when, yeah, so when you look at who you, I mean, who you want to deal with, basically, right? I, I don't know. You um, love you, to, at it, you love to hate that guy, though. So it's a win. It's a, it's all or nothing for me. Like if he if <laughs> if he's doing good, I'm upset. But if if we can shut him down and, uh, you know, the old Joe Joe Gerard handing him the ball at the end of that one game, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, to me, to me, Happy Valley Hoopers looks like. The bigger, deeper, probably more talented team, but the nerd team—you know—they got they got a couple thorns in our side as far as players that have recently been thorns in our side when it comes to Syracuse basketball. And now it um, it's transferring over to the TBT. <laughs> so, well, I mean, the TBT getting bigger and bigger, and um, I think eventually they'll just stop throwing this thing on ESPN three, hopefully. Uh, that, that which is the app, and I think that's where we need to watch on Monday, if I'm not mistaken. And you know, have like uh, ESPNU or or one of the, or something. You know, I think this thing's getting big enough now to where you could put it on a, a big a better platform. But at the end of the day, I guess ESPN's owning the rights, and they're going to put it where they want it. And if they want to drive people to their app, that's what they're going to do, because that is a subscription. So. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, which is what I mean. I don't even cancel mine throughout the year because it's it's like as far five, as it's what like the ESPNU, the the ESPN app, watch ESPN, whatever the hell they call it. Uh, not, ESPN not Plus, e- not ESPNU. Yeah, ESPN Plus. That's that's you know what five bucks a month or six bucks bucks a month or something like that. Never really have too many issues. It's an app that started out like with numerous bugs and issues and through the past couple of years it's actually been really decent 
um, we used to complain endlessly about that, and it's yeah. actually it's actually not that bad anymore. So, um, anyway, it's, it's getting better. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to get every Syracuse football game or or basketball game unless you live, ironically, in the South and have the uh, local sports package, because that's how we get them, Joe. And I don't know about you, because you changed your stuff up, but my local sports package includes everything ACC. I've never, I've never had trouble getting any of those games. And if I did, they, they're on ESPN+. Plus. So, anyway, I digress. But, um, yeah, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. And, of course, um, how does this work out? So, if they do win... Uh, they will play on Monday. They will play again on Wednesday. And, you know, maybe Thursday, depending on the situation, we just come back and chit-chat about it. But I'm not making any promises. Right, Joe? Yeah. I mean, I I can, but I don't know how we, busy we, you are. We all, well, I mean, I don't know. I definitely can't Wednesday, but... um. It doesn't make sense Wednesday anyway, to be honest with you. Or Tuesday, or rather. We would do it on Tuesday. I'd probably wait till after this second game. Well, uh, the first game, by the way, on Monday is at 7. And then the other one, if they make it to Wednesday, that'll be on at 8 Eastern. So uh, I'll try to get back here Thursday because the next game will be Friday. So, and that would be the game that would possibly be if we made it there would possibly be, be the blue collar u game you have to assume but yeah there's some other decent teams that would be that they got you know they don't have it totally easy but virginia dream in the commonwealth you know yeah the commonwealth what mass umass team is that what that is yeah and then the the virginia dreams obviously some some virginia related garbage um but okay Copies. Huh? I said obviously. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> right. I did look at it's it. It's Virginia. Too. Yeah, I did. But there's a couple Virginia teams, though, dude. Like, there's a well, couple. I mean, there's a couple. There's v- huh? Well, there's, v- there's VCU. Yeah, and there's, there's VCU. Um, Best Virginia is another one. That's the West Virginia stuff, though, I think. Right, but Virginia is Virginia. Right. UVA? That's what they say. Oh, okay. But- I was just about to look at it, so. Um, but I don't see anybody. I no, it's random. It's random schools in. Is it? Yeah, Winston Salem State, Virginia State, they Russell went, Sage College, Elizabeth State. This is their second year. They they uh, played one game last year and lost. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, Virginia Dream, Jalen Robertson. I don't even. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> you don't know Jalen Robinson from Dalton State? No. <laughs> Six nine power forward. Come on, Joe. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I think, no, I don't. I think that's going to be it. I think that's going to be it. So we'll try to get back. We'll see what happens uh, with this thing Monday. We'll see what happens with it Wednesday, if they get to Wednesday, and then maybe we'll see you back here on Thursday. And that's your warning, because if we do come back and do anything, it's all going to be on Twitter spaces. So 
We will be there for Joe and Sean. Brow. Peace.